We're making tech investing great again on this technology edition of Industry Focus. Greetings, fools. Sean O'Reilly here at Fool Headquarters in Alexandria, Virginia. It is Friday, March 25th, 2016, and joining me in studio as my partner in crime is the remarkable Dylan Lewis. What's up, man? It's fantastic to be back. I forgot what you looked like. So, let me think. The last show we did was three tech shows ago, right? Because I was gone for South by Southwest. For, yeah. For two shows ago, and you did it with Evan New, one of our writers. Mm -hmm. Talked about Apple and Tesla, I think. Yeah. And then the most recent show was me doing uh, sound bites from South by Southwest. Thanks so, for the day off. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like Sean. <laughs> Sean, don't worry about it. I got this one. It's awesome. So uh, Sean got a little break from hosting duties, which was kind of fun. I got to do all the intros and all that stuff. Was it weird for you? It was a little weird, especially because I was here in the studio by myself. Right. And so it was basically just me talking into the microphone, and Austin staring at me. There was chirping in the background, like yeah. Anyway, are you are you going to go check out the cherry blossoms in the next few days? I think I will. You know, last year I didn't. And it was my first opportunity to check them out in D.C. Uh-huh. And so I feel like this year I have to go. I hear a lot of horror stories. Like, the odds, as I understand it, the odds are pretty decent that you might get trampled to death or something. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm going to go really early in the morning one day, kind of on my way to work, and check it Beautiful. out. Beautiful. So awesome. hopefully next week, uh, if you see me, like, at my desk, head on the ground, just tired, that's probably Because you got up. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So, uh, Dylan, the market's back. Um we might be out of the woods. I don't know, depending, you know, what Janet Janet Yellen does or something. Um, we recovered from the big sell-off that essentially started the year. Um, seems like it's important to look back on some lessons that we may have learned, so we can take those lessons with us into the future. Um, so, what are a couple things that you noticed looking back at the way the market started 2016? Uh, maybe share some things you did as an investor. Hint, hint, and. Wrap up. Maybe share something that our listeners can kind of cue in on for their own lives or portfolios. Yeah, I think the last couple of weeks you've really noticed the hysteria surrounding market coverage dying down a little bit, right? I mean, I know on Fool.com in February, you know, it seemed for pretty frequent that we were running articles that were like, "Relax, like don't do anything crazy." These things happen, right? You can't time the market. Right. Just if you like stocks, stay with the stocks that you're in. Don't panic sell. And uh, you look at, I mean, I think we're pretty much back to where we started 2016, you know, relatively flat at this point, which is obviously great. It's nice to see some stabilization there. And um, as someone that works in financial media, I I think it makes our job a little bit easier when things are a little bit more settled. Um, But that said, I think when you hit stability, people tend to have a short term memory and kind of forget about the follies or the opportunities that were available, you know, a month that or so ago. That they missed out on. Yes. Yeah. And so, um, I thought for the show, it would be good to look back, you know, about a month, month and a half, and see some opportunities that I, mean, like, I acted on, and um, some learnings that I had from this very volatile and kind of crazy time in the market. Awesome. So, first one, uh, if you love a company and it dips, pick up some more. And obviously, um, this is a little bit easier with broad market sell-offs. You know, if, if you are seeing that everything's getting sold off, then... It's a little bit easier to be greedy, right? right? Because you're not worried about idiosyncratic risk. It isn't risk. an isolated problem with LinkedIn or something. Exactly. Yeah. So, not to pick on LinkedIn, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, my example for this um, so, my first Tesla buy was January of 2015. And I bought it in around 190. And I think this was actually right around when there were the issues with um, some data coming out of China. On, on was it that? And then later on, they're like, oh, they're not going to meet their monthly sales. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. so that was in itself an opportunistic buy. But um, I added to that position in February uh, 
kind of on the earlier side of February, on the 11th of, 25, of 2016. And that was at like 146. This is where I wanted to buy in. And so my dollar cost average for the stock is now around 170. And this is really in part because of I, I spaced out my buys and I was opportunistic on the dips. And I think the important thing in here is nothing about the investing thesis for Tesla really changed. Nothing material was different. Um, I'm still investing in Elon Musk's leadership, his innovation. I buy into his vision. Uh, nothing's really impacted their position as a disruptor. I mean, they're offering sustainable transportation. No one's really doing what they're doing. And you know, the growth in mainstream for them, it's such a long runway and such a long growth story that any of these little hiccups along the way, particularly huge macro ones that is going to impact everybody, you know, that, that's really not going to change anything. So, I mean, they got dragged down by the broader market because it's a high valuation growth stock. Um, and you they know, bounced back. It, they're it two twenty eight now. Yeah, they're they're you. doing great now. Um, obviously, that's a funny chart too. It's basically a V. Yeah. Like, yeah. Anyway. And you know, I mean, like that's what the S and P chart looks like for twenty sixteen so far. But um, I think the lesson here is there are if you buy into the overall vision of a company and the investing thesis is exactly the same, unchanged. If there are market conditions, whether they are big macro sell offs because of worries about interest rates or what's going on in China, something like that. Or even if it's something like uh, a minor earnings miss, if mm-hmm. it doesn't materially change the investing thesis, it's probably a good time to think about buying some more. And um, you know, I mentioned before, it's easier when this is a broad market sell-off, uh, a little tougher when it's something that is specific to a company. But uh, I'm going to apply this logic to something that I also own, um, more on the idiosyncratic risk side. Uh, an example of that for me for me right now is Taser. And so, how um, long have you owned this company? I've owned them for quite a while. You've uh, like talked about them since I met you. <laughs> yeah, I think I, my first position with them was my start position was in May of 2015. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I'm personally down like 40 percent in my, my position on Taser. And uh, you know, I first got into them. I got interested when the stock was pretty hot, and mm-hmm. it was following like several of the. Um, police brutality and shooting-related right. things, and the, the stock got really bought up around then. Um, so you you know you look and you say, okay, you're really in the red. You're down forty percent. You know, are you really thinking about getting greedy here? Yeah, the thesis is still intact with them. Um, the company's namesake stun guns are still the less violent alternative to guns. Um, the body cameras, uh, the Axon whole line there, and the company's evidence.com backend in infrastructure to me, is the answer uh, that the general public and police departments are both going to want for mm-hmm. you know what has been a series of terrible public incidents, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, that thesis isn't still intact. It's just a matter of a much more attractive valuation now, you know, essentially a 40, 40% discount. And um, because of that, you're able to pile up more shares than you were able to buy in the past. And so, uh, you know, you look, uh, they've rallied a little bit recently uh, after a strong Q4 report. And I think I've started to open up to the idea of kind of taking another bite of them. And it's because I've seen they've started to rebound. Uh, Some of the investments that they've made in the hardware segment um, have really started to pay off. You're seeing future contracted revenue for Axon and Evidence.com starting to take off. And that's a great sign for the business. And so don't be scared of these sell-offs if the thesis is intact. And I think this is just another example of that. Awesome. All right. Well, before we move on, I wanted to point out to our listeners that April is Financial Literacy Month. And in that spirit, we are giving away 10 books to 10 lucky winners. 
These books include favorite financial picks from David Gardner, Morgan Housel, and many more. To enter to win, just go to podcast.fool.com and click on the yellow Super Podcast link at the top of the page. Once again, that is podcast.fool.com. Um, all right, so Dylan, you got your water ready to go for number two? I'm, I'm ready for the <laughs> second part of the show. I always take a huge gulp of water while Sean's doing the pitch. Uh, all right, we're, we're, we're in waiting. We can't wait to hear. Yes. Number two. So number two, uh, even if you're a tech growth investor, I think it's important to be smart. And pick up. masochist. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think it's important to be smart and pick up some stable dividend players. And so, listeners, if you remember, in mid-November, uh, the Industry Focus cast did a dividend week, and each host picked a dividend stock in their sector that they particularly liked. Uh, we all wrote up our pitches, and those are still available at dividends.fool.com. Just want to point people there. And a quick rundown uh, for the lazy. Uh, in energy, I believe this was you, Sean, mm-hmm. that yep. picked Spectra Energy. Uh, Gabby in financials picked Digital Realty Trust. Uh, Vince in consumer goods picked Philip Morris. I picked Verizon for uh, tech. And Christine picked Johnson & Johnson in healthcare. And so these uh, these picks went up November 16th, uh, so about five months ago. And they are all beating the market in that period. Um, so much winning. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, the real reason that I wanted to highlight these was, aside from J&J, even during the depths of the market bombing out in February, uh, all of them were in the black. Boy, who's who's winning there? Is that me? Uh, that does look like you. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I did not want to bring this up to highlight our stock picking prowess. I mean, I think... I actually got lucky. Yeah. <laughs> well, Oil, you know, oil's, oil's come back a little bit. Like, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think... Okay, so, I mean, it's a very short holding period right. that we're looking at yeah. here. But I think that the performance during the overall market dip, particularly during the depths of it, really illustrates um, how important it is to have a couple defensive plays in your portfolio. Even if you're someone that is super, super growth oriented, um, and I mean, case in point, like Verizon, you know, a stable telecom pair, and they've actually appreciated pretty nicely uh, since the wreck. I think they're up like eighteen um, percent, and you're catching a nice like four and a half percent dividend yield on that. That's so high. Yeah, what's the T bill at? Like three? Like, yeah, I don't, just... I don't, I don't even know. Um, but I know checking my own portfolio during February, uh, it was really nice to have some peace of mind. You know, looking at holdings like Verizon, Disney, Exxon, Costco, etc., these big stable companies that to be your cornerstones. Yeah, to be your cornerstones. Yeah. And you know, this was a relatively short-lived downturn. Right. But if you're looking at something that is months and months and months, even years, you know, like that, that becomes a right. lot, lot. Better. It would it would have been nice to own something like Procter and Gamble or something during the Great Recession. Is mm-hmm. the point. Um, but my takeaway from all the the dividend picks we made back then was is uh, it's better to be lucky than good as I was. No? <laughs> <laughs> um, this, really quick, I'm, you, is Digital Realty Trust? They like own offices and like facilities for tech companies, basically. I believe it's a tech infrastructure REIT, but I could be really wrong. like they yeah. own the big warehouses for servers. Is that what I'm imagining? I think so. Okay. Don't quote me. Don't quote us, anybody. Yes. We're sorry. I'm just having a conversation at this point. And so, so the lesson here is. Uh, Balance out your portfolio. Um, looking forward, and I think there you are still. S- I'm still very bullish on. Yeah, purpose. I was about to ask you. Yeah, are you? yeah. And so, um, you know, if you are now, you know, maybe you were not really thinking this way in the past, but are now kind of enlightened and thinking, okay, I, I need to have a couple defensive plays. Uh, I'm still very bullish on Verizon. Uh, to me, 
the big trends that I pointed to, and you can see this again, uh, dividends.fool.com uh, for the write-up, uh, mobile data consumption is going to continue to grow. Um, I think average smartphone usage is like 2.4 gigs of data per month. Mm-hmm. Right yeah. now, that that number is supposed to go up to like 14 gigs by 2020. What? Yeah. Are and, we watching YouTube all day on our phones? <laughs> yeah. Right. When are people wa- when are people working? <laughs> and so, uh, you know, like they have the network to support that, and um, they have, I think, like 110 uh, postpaid, something like that. 110 million postpaid. Wow. So, I mean, they have a great customer base there. Um, they have the leading network in America, according to Root Metrics. Um, Another big trend for them, they're in they're in place to be a big beneficiary of Internet of Things. You know, machine to machine communication means increased connectivity. Again, they have this fantastic network infrastructure to support that. Um, you That's know, the big debate with the Internet of Things. It's like, what are these the, these things going to use to talk to each other? It's either cell signals or just Wi-Fi type things or whatever. And I don't really see another option other than cell towers for outdoors, at least. I don't know. Yeah, and I think the companies facilitating that communication are going to win big. Um, with Verizon, again, I mean, the numbers haven't changed much since I did the write-up, but the payout ratio is still in great shape. I think they're paying out about half of earnings as dividends, so yeah. plenty of room for that to grow. Uh, and it's still relatively cheap. It's like 12 times trailing 12-month earnings. Can you imagine? Just like these huge, dominant companies trading it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sean, I think you might have had uh, I a did, yeah. in the same vein. This company's always cheap, so I'm a little nervous. But <laughs> um, my pick for tech, because um, my uh, my Spectra pick from when we wrote the uh, dividend pick, uh, you said six months ago, was obviously in the energy space because I'm uh, usually an energy and industrials editor. Uh, is Cisco Systems, Nasdaq CSCO, um, currently at 28 a share, and I, I just look at the what they're doing and everything. I remember they were one of the bubble stocks in like 2000 or whatever. Um, they are not a bubble stock anymore. They are the stocks at twenty eight. They earned two twenty one per share last year. They're expected to grow earnings per share to two point seven by you know three four years from now in fiscal year twenty nineteen, according to analysts pulled at S and P Capital IQ. Um, just add a little bit more color. Market cap of one hundred and forty billion dollars. So not quite a Microsoft or an Apple. You know, sorry, but some room to grow. Room to grow exactly. Um, out of that one hundred and forty billion, though. You glance at the balance sheet. They have $60 billion in cash and short-term investments, which is like T-bills. So really, you know, you look at, you know, people do that with Apple. They're like, well, they have $200 billion in cash, so really it's valued at $500 billion or whatever. Yeah, you back out the cash right. for the valuations. And doing that to Cisco, it's valued at 7.9 times trailing earnings. Wow. <laughs> That's incredible. Like, Ben Graham would be all over this. Yeah. Um, they have a decent foothold in the Internet of Things. Um, last I checked, they had this big Internet of Things report, and it was probably a marketing material a year ago. But um, they have partnerships with dozens of major cities all over the world to start planning smart cities, connected cities, and all that stuff. Um, their uh, their current product line is obviously extremely important for our increasingly connected world outside of just smart cities. I'm talking about like routers and things. I mean, it's mildly important. Um, so all this coupled with a dividend yield of three point six nine percent, it's meat and potatoes. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> yeah, and, and these are not the the crazy sexy um, growth rates that you'll see right. with you know uh, some of the component manufacturers or some of the semiconductor companies. Well, or... when we were upstairs, and you know, I looked at the earnings growth, and I was like, oh, only two point seven in twenty nineteen. Oh well, that's fine. That's fine. Like, <laughs> but you know, if you're seeing nice steady margin right, growth, ten percent a year or something. Anyway, and yeah. you look at it. I mean, with these kind of companies, you're looking at total return, right? right. Not just stock price appreciation. 
Uh, and personally, I'm someone that likes to drip my dividends, so right. I reinvest them as shares, fractional shares, rather than uh, taking them as cash. Um, you know, it's just something to keep in mind. I mean, and I think it's, oh, man, it was so nice to have some stability in my portfolio like... when when things were cratering. So um, that would be my advice to people that are uh, looking for lessons from this recent dip um, to be opportunistic, particularly if uh, the thesis is the same and. You know, uh, the market might be overreacting, and to make sure that you're positioned to weather all sorts of storms because this will not be the last one. Nope. Wise words, Mr. Lewis. Wise words. All right. Well, thanks for your thoughts. Always a pleasure, Sean. Yep. Let's get outside. Enjoy the weather. Yeah. And if you're a loyal listener and have questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at industryfocus at fool.com. Again, that is industryfocus at fool.com. And as always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks that they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks, so don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear in this program. For Dylan Lewis, I'm Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening, and Fool on!